Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, so let's start from Deuteronomy 28. Okay, and it says now, It shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. It's quite incredible. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed you shall be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of the ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by, name, by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land to which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Now this is my verse. Listen carefully. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Now, for me, that's an extremely powerful scripture because that is quite a promise. It's a promise from the heart of God for us, and it's a promise of abundance. It's it's a promise of great blessing. And I want to share with you um, this morning a story and uh, many of you know that I come from the Isle of Skye and I have three sisters and my three sisters are kind of scattered around sort of the north end of Scotland and um, one of my sister Mar- one of my sisters, her name's Mary she lives in a house at the bottom of the five sisters of Contail now if you know anything about mountains you know that the five sisters of Contail are huge they're massive mountains and they somehow they seem to overshadow her house now I have a picture for you because I want you to see these mountains now. Okay, so these are the mountains, okay, that, where my sister Mary lives. Down here are the houses. Okay, these little white dots you see are the houses. Now, Mary's house is, I'm trying to, I know they're massive, but I feel like I'm getting in the way. Um, right here, right here, there is a hill, and right behind that hill is where my sister Mary's house is. So when she wakes up in the morning, her view is a valley of mountains and it's absolutely breathtaking it's so natural and it's so untouched and my sister Mary's husband's family own part of that so they, um, it's been in their family all of their lives this one day, and you can keep that up there in the wall this one day me and my mum decide to go for a walk through the mountains now, when you leave Mary's I'm not a mountaineer or anything just in case you're thinking about me abseiling and all that kind of that's not me <laughs> It's not my mum either. But um, 
when you walk through here, there is a path, and this path leads you through the five sisters. And um, we're walking along this path, and as we're walking along this path, everything becomes more untouched. Everything becomes more natural. Everything becomes more beautiful, more breathtaking. Everything becomes purer, but it becomes clearer as well. So we're, we're walking along this path, and we come to this river, and mum bends down and starts drinking out of this river. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, mum, are you sure that water is safe to drink? And she said, Ruth, it's untouched. It's completely clean. And true enough, when you scooped it up into your hand, it was pure, it was clear, it was clean, it tasted of nothing but water. Um, but everything, everything, the deeper you moved into the, the mountains, the cleaner everything became. So as we're walking along, I look up to the left-hand side, and it's somewhere round about here, I think, here. And I see plow lines in the side of the mountains. And I looked, and I said, Mum, there's plow lines in the side of the mountain. Now, when you go up to Sky, this is the back of beyond. There are villages everywhere, but this literally is the back of beyond. My sister does bed and breakfast in, in her house at these mountains, but people can't find her because it's so much the back of beyond that they always turn back and go and find somewhere else. <laughs> so I see these plow lines, and I said, Mum, there's plow lines. And she said, oh, they must have been farming here at some point. So I knew that my brother-in-law would know what these plough lines were all about. So when I went back to the house, I said to Ian, Ian, what are the plough lines that were, are on the side of the mountain? And he said the story is that many, many years ago, there was a farming community that lived on the side of this mountain. And um, they, there, it, was, it was lots of just little croft houses. There was quite a lot of people there. And they farmed, they ploughed, they sowed, they harvested, they did everything they needed to do to survive. Um, this one day there had been really heavy rainfall and there had been a massive rock slide. So there had been just masses and masses of stones fell down the side of the mountain and killed everybody. The rocks completely covered all of the houses, all of the farmland. Everybody was killed apart from one girl. And this little girl was outside playing, and this is a totally true story. She was outside playing in her garden, I guess, and um, she saw the rocks starting to fall. And as the rocks started to fall, she started to run. And as she started to run, she grabbed a chicken on her way for some bizarre reason. She was maybe thinking about dinner, but she grabbed a chicken <laughs> and she went running down the hill. She went running down the mountain. And that is the only person that came out alive from that landslide was that little girl and her chicken so when they returned everything was a mass of rubble everything was destroyed people were killed but everything was covered over by stones now nobody was allowed to touch it nobody was allowed to go near anything there they were just told do not touch still to this day that ground remains untouched still to this day nobody has ever moved any of the rocks. Nobody has ever gone in and nobody has ever tried to clear or to look for anything. So that area remains untouched. And um, so this little girl, she then went off and she was taken in by another family and she, um, she just grew up, on, sort of on Sky, I think it was actually, she grew up. But that remains that remains completely untouched even now to this day. And I don't know about you, but I love programs like the Time Team programs. 
I love it, you know, when they start digging. I do. I, I love it. I love it when people start digging and you start, they start finding things deep, deep down in the ground. And um, I th- when, I, when you look at the side of this mountain and you see all that rubble, what you know is that if you started to dig down deep, if you started to get, sort of, if you started seeking, what you would find is evidence of life. You would find evidence of purpose. You would find evidence of hopes. You would find evidence of dreams. You would find evidence of an ability to survive. If you started to dig, you would find the ability to live, okay? Now, here is my question for you this morning. What is the rubble in your life that stands between the life you're living now and the heavenly treasures that God has stored up for you? What is that? What is that rubble? Because we all have rubble. We all have stuff that is stopping us. Because this scripture that I read to you this morning talks about God saying, "If if you obey, I will give you this. So what's the rubble? What's the rubble that's getting in your way? Let's look at my verse again. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. So there's a good treasure stored up for us in heaven, and it's a treasure from the heart of God. It's a a treasure from the hand of God, and it's untouched. It's untouched. It, It brings prosperity. It brings the ability not just to survive, but to actually live. It's full of blessing. It's full of anointing. It's full of everything that you need, and it's untouched. It's untouched over your life this morning because of the rubble. The thing that amazes me about God and about his treasures is that they can't decay. You know, you look at if we were to go up the side of that mountain and start digging, what would be the mess? What, what, would, what would it be like? There would be bodies that have decayed over years. There would be crockery that's just fallen apart. There would be all these things. The treasures of heaven don't decay. They're eternal treasures. And it's an abundance, actually, that can never, ever, ever be taken away from you. I love, I love the treasures of heaven. The good treasure of God, it brings purpose, it brings blessing, and it brings fulfillment of dreams. And uh, if we'd go back, actually, to the beginning of the scripture that I read to you at verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command to you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Verse 2 then says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So what is the key to tapping in? What's the key to tapping into the treasures of heaven for your life? It's obedience. It's obedience. That's all it is. It's just obedience. I remember um, many years ago when I started discovering the Holy Spirit, I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit, but I started to, to, to discover the Holy Spirit and I wanted to experience everything that he had for me. I wanted to experience him in everything. And I was obedient even in the little things even in the small things, even before I spoke, the Holy Spirit said to me, don't say it. I wouldn't say it. If I went to put on the TV and I went to put on a program and the Holy Spirit said, don't turn on that program, I didn't turn on that program. 
if God said to me, Ruth, come away into your room and just worship me, I went away into my room and I worshipped. Obedience is the key to unlocking God's good treasure. God's good treasure is abundantly visible in the obedient life. Obedience always brings blessing. So it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that you make. It's a sacrifice that we all make. This sacrifice of obedience. But it brings the blessing. The thing is, I I know that you'll be the same as me. The moment I gave my life to God, I was absolutely ruined for anything else. I know you're the same as me. I, um, I... when, when I gave my life to God, what awoke within me was a desire to live a blessed life. And we come here together because we're looking for more. We want the blessed life. We want the abundance of all that God has for us. And even in years to come, 20 years to come, even if God fulfills some of your dreams, you'll have others. You'll have, we're never satisfied. God probably sits up there, you know, and he, you know, I know for a fact that God doesn't look at, look at us and think, for goodness sake, you're asking again. God's looking at us and he's thinking, you're asking, keep asking. I want to bless you. I want to give you. I want to give you everything. He wants you to experience the treasures of heaven. It's untouched. So my verse says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain in its season. Turn with me to Isaiah 55. Verse 10 to 11. Okay, so it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing in which I have sent it. In the Bible, rain usually speaks of blessing. Rain usually speaks of abundance. Rain usually speaks of um, God's outpouring of his spirit. Um, Rain usually speaks of an outpouring of the blessing of God. We know what it's like when we see in the news, you know, when the rain starts falling in places like Cornwall or even in Aberdeen. And the roads are flooded and you can't get anywhere because there's such an abundance of water. It speaks of blessing in heaven. Okay, the land that the rain is going to come down upon speaks of your life. It speaks of where you're planted right now. Right now, here you are in this church. Now, if we tap into the treasures of heaven, that verse says that the rain will start to fall. And the rain will start to fall on your land right here, right now. Seasons, it speaks about in that verse... It speaks about um, giving rain to your land in its season. Seasons are God's way of keeping order on the earth. If we were in heat all the time, it would be terrible. It would be terrible for everything. It would be terrible for us. It would be terrible for crops. It would be terrible for everything. And so we have seasons because we have to go through seasons in order to survive. And the earth has to cool down in certain parts at certain points. Um, but seasons are God's way of keeping order on the earth and that's why for springtime we see springtime as a time of growth we see the summer as time of intense heat and it's a time for harvesting fruit we see autumn as a time of breaking of the the drought after the summer and then winter well that's just cold (laughs) what else can you say about winter it's just freezing (laughs) to be honest but we go through seasons 
And seasons are, do you know what? I'm grateful for seasons. Because I know that when we're in a cold winter season, that summer, spring and summer are around the corner. That's coming. That is right there. Next season. Next season. We never know how long seasons are going to last. That's where we trust and put our faith in God. So I love what this verse says about we will lend to many nations. Lending is a sign of abundant provision. It's a sign of abundant blessing. Borrowing is not God's desire for your life. In that state of borrowing, there are um, requirements that come with it. And the requirements are that if you have to borrow, you have to repay. You have to give back. And God isn't a God that would have you in a condition where you have to borrow to survive when he stored up for you treasures in heaven that you can tap into. Your treasures are untouched. But I want to tell you that obedience is the key to unlocking, the, unlocking God's good treasure. Obedience is your key. There was a man that I've spoken about a few times. I, you, is this okay? Is this, yeah. And there was a man that I... Um, <laughs> if one of you said no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, there's a man on the island of Lewis that, um, that he, ha- he didn't have anything. This man was well known in this little community on Lewis and he had nothing. And he was, um, he was, I was just thinking if the mountain was there, but it's not. Um, he didn't have anything. And at this point, many of you can buy books on the revival that happened, the outpouring of God's spirit. And you can buy these books anywhere. But this man had nothing. And this man's story is still, still told, even to this day. Um, he had absolutely nothing, but he was the biggest server in the house of God you would ever meet. He was the biggest lover of God you would ever meet. He was the biggest praiser of people you would ever meet. He was the biggest blesser when it came to just being there and giving what he had that you would ever, ever meet. But this man had nothing. And one night there was a meeting on and he was at this meeting and the revival had broken out and the spirit was moving God was just moving and uh, he was at this meeting and he had been praying for many years God I need your blessing I need abundance he was praying for breakthrough for years never ever experienced it but he still was obedient he kept walking with God this one particular night he's walking home after a meeting and he hears two women crying and when he gets to his house he realises that the two women crying are coming from inside his house. He's a bit kind of, what on earth is that? Because nobody, he was on his own. He didn't have family, he didn't have a wife, he lived on his own. He looked in his living room window and two angels are crying in his living room over his situation. This story is known, this story is worldwide known true, it is genuine. He then hears the sound of coins rubbing together. And what happens is that money literally drops out of heaven. And it lands on his floor. And God answered his prayer. Why? Because he was obedient enough, he tapped into the treasures of heaven. God can do anything. The Bible says all things are possible. If you need something, God can get that to you, even if he has to drop it out of the sky. God will do it. God will do it. And I think sometimes, maybe we put God in a box. Maybe sometimes we look and we think, you know what, maybe... You know, maybe it'll come this way, maybe it'll come that way. Do you know what? Break the box open. Break the box open because actually, you know, we stand here sometimes in worship. In fact, most of the time, every time in worship, 
We stand here and I still find myself looking around for a manifestation of God's spirit. Because God can do anything. Anything. Don't put him in a box. Heaven's treasury holds greater anointing. It holds greater health. It holds greater favour. It holds God ideas. It holds everything that you need for a blessed life. So look at your life right now. Have a think. What, are you, what do you need? What do you need? Because I can guarantee you there's abundance stored up in the heavens over you. I was um, thinking about this message over the last couple of days. And, and I thought about the story of Joseph. And, um, you know, Joseph was an amazing man in the Bible. He did not have an easy life. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Joseph had 11 brothers. It's, you probably heard it in Sunday school. He had 11 brothers and he was the second youngest. Joseph's, brother, Joseph's father loved him very much. He was hardworking. The Bible says he was very handsome. He loved God with all of his heart. And his dad loved him and his brothers hated him because of it. There was a favor on Joseph and his brothers hated him for it. So the, the story then says that his brothers then plotted to kill him. And one brother was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Let's just throw him into a pit. So then they thought that this was a good idea, but then some people passed by and they ended up selling Joseph. Now, I don't know about you, but if my sisters tried to sell me <laughs> because they hated me so much, I seriously would have an issue. I would have something to say about that, but that kind of behavior is unacceptable. It's very unacceptable. But I, uh, yeah, I would have something to say about it. And do you know what? It would hurt. It would hurt like crazy. He was 17 years old when he was sold. So he was sold and his life was hard. But it says throughout the story that he didn't waver. It says that he wasn't moved. It says that he uh, had his eyes focused on God and he knew that God was faithful. He knew that everything was going to be okay. And because of that, it says also throughout the story that God said to him on a number of occasions, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's okay, I'm with you. Because he didn't waver. He was obedient. So then Joseph finds himself in a situation where um, Pharaoh has a dream. And he prophesies the meaning of this dream. And with the prophecy of that dream, Joseph becomes the second most powerful person in the country. So Joseph comes from being somebody who's hated, thrown into, thrown into a pit, sold nothing, to being the second most powerful man in the country. Don't put God in a box. Because when you don't waver and you're obedient, God blesses you. You tap into the treasures of heaven. So he ended up at the end of the story abundantly respected and blessed. But there's keys from Joseph's life and I want to share them with you. The keys from Joseph's life that open up the treasures of heaven over you. This is what I get from them. Okay, So he understood the value of self-control. He understood the value of self-control. He understood and he knew that if he had control over himself to not be moved, that he would tap into the treasures of heaven. He had patience and perseverance to get through all troubles. When you think about it right now, I don't know where your life is at right now, but when you think about it, if you're in a hard situation, if you really think deep down on the inside, you know God's with you. You know God's with you. You know God's going to come through. You know that God is going to see you through whatever it is you're going through. You know that God is there. Another thing about Joseph is that he was honest and he was hardworking. 
he didn't tire of doing the work. He didn't tire of serving God. He didn't tire of loving him. He didn't tire of, of doing whatever God asked. He did it. He was a hard worker. He feared God and he didn't waver. He just continued to seek. Here's the ultimate thing about Joseph is that he was a man of divine purpose. How many people in this room this morning are people of divine purpose? How many? How many of you know that there's a divine purpose? How many of you know? Yeah. How many of you know that there is a divine purpose for your life? If anything, I'm here to tell you today, you have a divine purpose sitting over your life. And there are untapped treasures in heaven available to help you make that happen. If you be obedient and if you seek them out. First Peter chapter 1 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't go back there. The Bible says don't be like, is it something like a dog returning to its vomit when it refers to its, the past? Don't go back there. You've been there, you've done that. It's, it's pointless. But what God is saying in the scripture, in that verse 12, is he's saying raise your standard higher. Live higher. Dream higher. Believe higher. Reach higher. Tap in higher. Go deeper. Seek more. Dig down deep on the inside. you know what? There's treasures within you. And there's treasures above you. Both need to be dug out. So we need to become people of divine purpose. Can you put that picture back up there? Again, of the mountains, please. So here's the mountains. Here's the mountains that people climb all the time. Whenever we go home, there's people climbing up these mountains. And they get to the top and... You know, they're just delighted when they come back down and they'll come back to Maddie's house and they'll be like, we made it to the top, we did it. Or you'll be sitting, Maddie's house is somewhere round about here and often you'll see eagles flying. Sometimes, we'll, actually the last time we were home we were having lunch in the back garden and three men came paragliding over the top of the mountain. <laughs> we're sitting there having lunch and there's eagles flying. The scenery is amazing at the top of the mountain. The scenery is incredible at the top of the mountain. Once you get up there, the view is spectacular. I want to tell you that there is a top of your mountain. There's a top of your mountain and the scenery is amazing. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.